You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Sweet, sweet, sweet. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. How was yours? It was good. I had, you know, I had a lot of family here. I'm very thankful that uh, we didn't have a lot of shows to watch because I didn't have any time this past <laughs> week. <laughs> Trying to explain to people that don't listen to podcasts too what uh, uh, what you're watching is you're watching so that you can talk about it later is is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, that's when uh, that's what we're here. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, it's coming to a close. But we're here to talk about televised heroics. This will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we were say- like we just said, there was only uh, three shows to talk about this week. We have uh, Walking Dead from last week, a uh, Supergirl, and Gotham from earlier in this week, and everything else was on holiday hiatus. I would have to say. I can't wait for Flash and Arrow to come back because I think that's the team up episodes. The next one for those, isn't it? Yes, and it looks awesome. <laughs> Basically, we're gonna get to see uh, more of the. I think it's it's gonna go right into the whole um, Legends of Tomorrow stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they showed an extended clip uh, with Hawkman and Hawkgirl, and it was just dealing with them, and it looked pretty awesome. Did you happen to see the trailer that they released earlier this week, basically showing more of what the show is going to be like? Uh, no, I didn't see that one. Dude, so good. It looked amazing. I I can't wait to watch the rest of the show. So if anybody has not seen it yet, we posted it on our Facebook page. Uh, but if you don't want to go there, you can always check it out on YouTube. So you search it on YouTube. It, was, it looks so good. If you are a fan of Arrow and Flash so far, I think you'll definitely be a fan of this show. Well, I know what I'm going to watch after this. <laughs> Age, like you have, uh, like Rip Hunter sitting there talking about like we need you to be heroes, we need you to be legends, we need you to, you know, I need you to step up and and stop Vandal Savage, Vandal Savage, from you know taking over the world. And Adam is the first one to be like, I think I can get behind this. And, like <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Which you know we were already talking about how in uh, Arrow, the Adam kind of already seems like he's going through like a midlife crisis where he doesn't feel like he's made a big impact in the world enough or whatever. So this this will be his 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 vehicle, I think. It's time to redeem himself. Time to shine. Exactly. Yeah, it's time to shine, basically. So, should be pretty... I think it should be pretty good. Uh, any other new, any news that you want to talk about? Um, they just... Uh, basically read an article um, I think it was either EW or, or uh, MTV but uh, they had an interview with the guy that played um, in The Walking Dead um, the guy with the long hair the one that basically ended up robbing uh, Daryl they revealed his character's name in oh that, what's his character's name in that interview um, Dwight and he is a uh, comic book character so definitely confirms mm. the rumors of the saviors Oh, so in the comic book, Dwight is part of the uh, part of the Saviors. Yeah. 
Ah, well, there you go. There's the speculation that we were having last week about what, whether group, what group that was. Interesting that uh, that they revealed the name in an interview. That's a, and that's from this week in EW. Yeah, that's from this week, and uh, he he also said that his character won't be returning till um, the end of season six. Okay, interesting. So that means probably the Sabers aren't going to end up returning till the end of season six either. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Or they might show us maybe. <laughs> Once uh, the show picks back up uh, after the mid-season finale, we might, you know, see them again. What do you think that they will, will like, Negan and the Sabres will bring to the show? Whew. That's a tough question, man. I mean, they're just I'm... like any other group uh, trying to survive uh, the apocalypse and... Um, Obviously, it's going to run tensions pretty high once they show up to the show. It's gonna, they're going to create more dramatic effect. And do you, do you think, like, uh, how will... I mean, just... I, you've already read the comic books, and I haven't, which we've stated many times. But how do you think this group will, I guess, um, set itself apart from other... Uh, groups that we've seen in the show so far, like the Governor's Group or Terminus, or you know these other groups that Rick and his family have gone up against. How do you think this uh, Negan and the Saviors will set themselves apart, make themselves different? Uh, just the way that by how Negan runs things, um, that's definitely going to set everything differently. You know how in Alexandria, um, well, right now they're starting to ration all the food supply, but how they live freely. Uh, they right. they live somewhat freely in, uh, in the group of the saviors, but not quite. They have to do chores or do work for the community in order to you know earn their food for the day or you know their privileges to you know live in a house, pretty much that kind of stuff. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's. A, it, would you say that they're also more of a ruthless group than? Whereas the governor was ruthless, his people weren't necessarily ruthless. Ruthless, right? Right. More so. Ru- would would yes. Would would this group be more ruthless? Yes, more ruthless. Okay. Because I mean, from everything that you guys have told me, and I've heard from other people about Negan, uh, I I can't wait to see what that wrench does to these gears. <laughs> um, some other news I came across in. Uh, Flash, pertaining to the Flash, the TV show, Jay Garrick is going to get his speed powers back due to the Velocity 9 formula. Do you know about the Velocity 9? No. Do you know that from the Flash comics? So uh, there's a character, well, I guess you first you could say there's a character called Impulse. He's the great, or he's the grandson of Bart Allen from the future. Now, he has a enemy, kind of his own reverse flash, called Inertia. So Inertia gets his speed powers from uh, a serum that he injects. It's called Velocity 9. So I'm guessing that, you know, I don't know if it's going to come from the future or not in the TV show, but uh, Jay Garrick and Harrison Wells will probably develop some kind of serum to restore uh, Jay's speed power so that they can help fight Zoom. And that's what's where that's going to come from. Wow. We also know that, or we don't know, but you know, we we know in the show that Harrison Wells called his his daughter Jesse Quick, 
and Jesse Quick and Johnny Quick in the comic books get their speed from a mathematical formula that they recite. So I wonder if that's going to play into this at all. It, you know, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. Comic book, comic book wise, there's a lot to to pull from. I think which would be really cool. Definitely would. I, I'm excited to see this. So you think? Um, so definitely, you think Wells and Garrick are going to get team up and create the Formula Nine then in order to stop um, reverse? I mean, now uh, Zoom. I think so. I think that's going to be that's be kind of interesting. You th- do you think that's why? Uh, do you think that's what the? Do you know anything about this team up episode between all, uh, Flash and Arrow? Are they going to be fighting Zoom together? I don't know. I, I I haven't catched any of the like. I guess uh, in the next episodes, really. I mean, you were talking about how you saw the the footage of the Hawks, but that's not really telling you anything about the. Zoom and the other character. I, mean, I, I I can only imagine there's there this team up episode is about uh, the Legends of Tomorrow stuff, and then the Zoom is going to go out through the whole season. I don't I don't I mean I think they're trying to keep the storyline under wraps, even though it's just two episodes. Are going to be flying back to back? Yeah, you know, and they probably are, which makes sense. You'd want they want to keep things as close to the vest as they can. All right, that's that's uh, the news for televised rogues. Let's get on with Gotham. Overall, how'd you feel about the episode? You know, <laughs> as much trash as I've been talking about uh, young Bruce Wayne throughout this whole series so far, damn, did he step up his game in this episode? Dude, I know. <laughs> like, okay, so the episode is called "Son of Gotham," Rise of the Villain, Son of Gotham. So. As soon as you see the subtitle for this this episode, I had to think that, oh, they're talking about Bruce Wayne. And I was like, oh, man, that means this episode is going to focus more on Bruce Wayne and stuff like that. And already, I've already not liked most of the stuff that has to do with the little kid. But at one point, him and you see him and uh, Silver St. Cloud talking to each other. And uh, he's we you remind you reminded of the of what Alfred told him last week. That he is not yet skilled enough in the ways of deceit to uh, deceive this girl into, te- into telling him the information that he wants. So we think, you know, you think that maybe he, he might not go about it, but he's talking to her and uh, he's like, look, I, I really love you or I really care for you and I don't believe you're the same as your uncle. Uh, I just want... If you could possibly find out what the name was that your uncle was going to tell me, I'd be grateful and I'd sell him my my uh, my shares after he got out of jail and stuff. And she and she supposedly falls for it, and him playing up this those whole heart heartstring stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that was actually pretty good. He actually pulled it off a little bit. That was I, I was I was proud of him with a young with a young Selena watching over him. Yep. <laughs> And that oh man, I can't believe he freaking ended up double crossing her, and it was pretty awesome too. Yeah. So then she says, "Okay, I have the 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 information you wanted," and he's like, "Okay, I'll meet you across the street." And as soon as he gets to where he's supposed to meet her, a van pulls up and has her captive, and says, "Come in, or else we'll kill the girl." 
And he, so he gets kidnapped with her, and they're stuck in a warehouse, and they're both tied to a chair. And you got to at this point, you're probably thinking, oh, the girl is is like fucking with him. That uh, you know she set this up so that he would. I, I don't know what exactly would be to her her, her side, but as soon as as soon as like he started bad mouthing the the kidnappers, I was like, wait a second, did young Bruce set this up? <laughs> Are these guys working for Bruce? And that's what it turns out to be. I was like, good on you. That was impressive. <laughs> and he took the slaps like a champ, too, man. He sure did. That was crazy. I couldn't believe that he he, uh, he did that. And uh, so then let's talk about the name that she gave out, though. Because at first she says that she never her, her uncle never gave her a name when he went to, when she went to go visit him. And uh, as soon as they take they take uh, Bruce away to torture him, uh, she still doesn't give up a name. But then the bad guy turns the knife on her, and she says, "Well, he did give me a name before." And she says, "The name is M Malone." Yep. As in, as in matches Malone. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, whether or not she made up the name. Obviously, Matches Malone plays into Bruce Wayne's future down the line. It's the it's the alter ego that he uses when he's trying to get into the underbelly of of Gotham and the crime the crime scene, and he 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 takes on the name in disguise of Matches Malone, and uh, he usually is like, oh, you know, I'm hired help. I can help you break into this place or whatever. So it's interesting that they would throw this name out there, right? I, I don't know. It's what do you, what do you think? What do you think that do you think this is an idea that uh Matches Malone actually was a person that uh Bruce that could have killed Bruce's parents? I mean, let's throw out the idea that we know Joe Chill in the comic books killed uh the the Waynes. Why would Silver know that information though? Who knows how far into advance her uncle or Galavan uh, you know gave her information? He obviously trusts her with uh, with manipulating Bruce Wayne. True. But, I mean, what, you know, wouldn't he take the precaution like, oh, you know, she's a 12-year-old, so, you know, it might slip. I shouldn't tell her something this important. Okay, yeah, you're right. And why, why give the kind of information? So, is that a name she just made up right there on the spot so that the guy wouldn't kill her or torture her or cut off her fingers? Well, I think she even admitted, too, that it was just a name that she made up. Yeah, she did. She does say that. She says it right there in the episode. But could it? I mean, she's also trying to manipulate Bruce. So True. you never know what it could be. I I just find it funny that if he it ends up being a made up name that he still uses it later on in life to uh, you know help his cause. Now we know where it all came from. We're all sad. That's where it came <laughs> from. <laughs> So uh, another part of this episode is we get more of the Order of Saint Dumas, and their their idea their ritual needs them to kill nine people to uh, cleanse the city of its sin. Yes, and throughout the episode they're trying to figure out who's behind the cult, even though Gordon knows who it is. But um, I always forget Chickless character. Oh, Barnes uh, says, you know that I thought I. You know, took you off the case, right? And it just happens to be that 
the case that Barnes puts him on is also related back to this because the case is a dead body that wound up on the streets with his neck cut or his neck slit is also the um you know part of the ritual he was one of the nine people that got killed yep so uh Galavan ends up getting uh acquitted or not acquitted but dismissed from the case cuz former mayor Theo James or not Theo but former mayor James gets up on the stand and says it was Penguin that actually kidnapped him and not Theo Gallivan and uh, the Penguin made him say that Theo Gallivan kidnapped him. And we all know that he's under the mind control of uh, Tigress, I guess. Yeah, that that would have to be true. That's what's what's going on in that scene. Uh, what was the point of, of? I mean, I figured this this whole thing was a, was Gallivan's idea. He wanted to get arrested. He wanted to. Uh, the or he wanted former Mayor James to get uh, found and all this good stuff. So we'll have to find out what he, he's probably going to end up saying what his big overall plan was. And the idea next is that he has to go kill the son of Gotham, which is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is the ninth kill for the for the ritual. And that was awesome just to hear you know Bruce go like, oh Alfred, and uh, Alfred wasn't there because Alfred had originally. Not knowing where Bruce Wayne was because he was pulling off this this uh, this big scam, this big scheme of his to get uh, Silver St. Cloud to talk. Uh, he didn't tell Alfred about his plan. So Alfred is looking for him. He comes across Tigris at the cr- scene of the crime where uh, Theo Gallivan threw the, the, the envelope into the fire. And she uh, goes to attack him with his, her whip and... Dan, did he not catch that whip like a badass? That was so awesome. That whole fight scene was awesome. <laughs> that fight scene was pretty awesome. He sat there. He kept his own against her. And uh, then he goes down the down the elevator. She jumps from fucking her floor onto the top of the elevator, which is pretty crazy in itself. He gets out of the elevator, run, starts running away. She throws a knife into his back. And he's kind of unconscious in the back of a dump truck. Yep. So. So, we'll have to see where he ends up. Uh, hopefully, he's okay. We all know he will be okay. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things we can't. We know that. Well, we're pretty much sure that you know characters like Alfred and Bruce can't die because they're going to need to be there later in life. Yep. Just like Gordon, but Gordon did get his ass handed to him. That was another great fight scene. Theo Gallivan can can kick some ass in a suit. <laughs> in a suit, nonetheless. So he lets he has Gordon captured, uh, tased, beat up a little bit by other cops, and he says, "All right, come on, Gordon. You want to arrest me? Come arrest me." And he goes up to him. To, Gordon goes up to him to start boxing and fighting him. And Galavan just pulls some ninjutsu shit and takes him out. Kicks to the abdomen and punches to the face. And damn if he didn't just get his butt whooped. Yep. And then Penguin shows up (laughs) to save the day. After Galavan leaves and the cops, the bad corrupt cops end up hitting on Gordon Moore. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Cobblepot shows up with his goons and, and... Saves the day by killing off those guys. Yep, and then slaps but, the shit out of Gordon. 
<laughs> so this kind of, I mean, this kind of uh, talks about the fact that uh, we're we're talking about the Order of Saint Dumas, or and uh, that 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 order shows up in Batman comics as the origin of Azrael, agent of the Bat. So if you think about that character, he got he didn't know that he was trained to be Azrael. John Paul Valley didn't know that he was trained. He was, it was all psychological. So it kind of comes into the fact with the, like the guys in the robes that got stabbed and didn't feel the pain, you know, they were able to, to push past that and Theo Gallivan having fighting skills. These are all things that happened to Azrael in the comic book. So, uh, you know, we might not, I, who knows, we'll actually get a John Paul Valley or a Michael Lane in this, TV show, but we will. Uh, these are definitely the the aspects of the character showing up, right? So, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, I guess Galavan's big idea is that he's going to get the city back because he's his actual last name is not Galavan; it's Dumas, and he their his family, as we said in previous episodes, and it was were erased from the face of Gotham. He wants to make it so that he is in control that he's the true son of Gotham not Bruce Wayne and he certainly is doing a good job executing everything so far that's right so we have the next episode is the fall finale what do you think we're going to see in that episode I I want to say maybe Selena's going to save uh, Bruce obviously you know he has to get away somehow Right, he does have to get away somehow. I doubt he's going to get away in the house. I, I imagine he'll probably get taken by Galavan to wherever the ritual kill has to happen. I would be very surprised if something unexpected happens right in this episode, because uh, I just don't. I don't feel like it will. I feel like uh, it will be very much Gordon will save the day, or Alfred will pop up out of nowhere, or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. I I don't think. Um... You know, Gordon is going to show up anytime soon, though. He's going to be way too beat up. <laughs> uh, we never know. You know, people recover from uh, concussions really quickly in, in TV land. Sure. <laughs> uh, does Galavan die at the end of this episode? No. No? You yeah. don't think so? You think he's going to go to... The, he'll be sent away to Arkham? Do you think he'll be captured? Do you think he'll get away? I think he'll get away. Uh, I think he'll get away. My, I think I think he'll also. I also think he'll get away. I guess that's what I, I'm trying to say. So, which would be a kind of a good villain for Gotham to have, you know, in the long run. I think he'll get away, but I think uh, maybe at the end of season two he'll die or he'll get arrested or something. But definitely, they're not going to kill him. Especially they've been building him up this much. They want to kill him right away in the mid season finale. Okay. We kind of got away from this in the in in last few episodes, but what it's something that you you want to see in the rest of this season? Honestly, I just want to keep on seeing more more Riddler, man. I'm really digging that story. You know, I think I want to see more Riddler too. And if Bruce can keep up this type of mentality that he had in this last episode, I would love to see more of his training in this later part of the season whether it be getting out of 
of restraint or more fighting or uh, learning how to uh, do disguises or something like that. You know what I mean? I just I would I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of his training if it's done well. Oh, I mean, everybody's been saying that the you know the writers and you know everybody working on a TV show they they're actually appealing to the fans more, so we might see that. I was to say I also want to see more of what secrets you know Thomas Wayne was hiding in that Batcave. Oh, that's true. We do. We didn't have that. We haven't been revealed that yet. Um, the that could be that definitely could be. You know, I wouldn't mind if Gordon took Wayne out and showed him how to fire a gun. That'd be pretty awesome. But I mean, Batman. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, I know. Batman doesn't use guns. I, I know. But I mean, that could be like a, an episode where he's like, "No, I'm never going to use a gun," kind of thing. That's true. Good thing. Maybe maybe Gordon Gordon has him out and he's showing him in the in the in a in a firing range and then he ends up having to go onto a, a call and he ends up shooting a guy right in front of uh, right in front of um, Bruce and Bruce is like, "No, I'll never use a gun because it will bring back memories of his parents getting shot." That is good writing right there. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so I, I, that's all. I, I think that's all we, I have to say about Gotham. It was I, I enjoyed this episode just for the few little, little things that um, showed up, like Bruce being cool or being a badass, and Alfred being a badass, and Galavan being a badass. Yeah, definitely one of the few one of the few episodes that did keep me at the edge of my seat for this season. Very good. So I hope I hope they don't let down for the fall finale. And we didn't see anything silly or out of place this episode either. Very true. There wasn't any real silly things. Other than maybe her jumping from whatever floor she was on onto the top of the elevator. True. That, to me, was a little bit silly. But I, 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 could, I could let it go. So on to Supergirl. Did you realize that this episode is, is out of order with the last episode? No, I didn't notice. Yeah, so this is episode in, in, in on at least on my DVR and on my DirecTV, this is listed as episode four, whereas last week's episode is listed as episode five, and in this episode, they even he even uh, they mentioned back to uh, the, the little kid Carter says last week Supergirl fought Reactron, and she beat him, and that wasn't last week; that was the week before. That was two weeks ago. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. Why did they put the Thanksgiving episode a week before Thanksgiving instead of the week of Thanksgiving? Like, this episode was on the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. I, it makes no sense. And, like, one of the one of the things I wrote down was, like, Grant is terrible. You know, Kara just opened up about, you know, her parents being dead. And, you know, you're talking about her parents on this episode. That's what tipped me off. Like, you're a horrible boss. Oh, that's right. She yeah, the Thanksgiving episode she talks about her power parents died and stuff and then she's like, "Oh, I didn't know this about you. You're a little bit more interesting now." And then in this episode she's like, "Well, my mom is dead." And she's like, "Whatever, get me my hamburger." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it plays up more into the fact that Cat Grant doesn't recognize Kara as a person really. Yeah. She's just a thing, which I so I let that escape, but it, like, so if you think about the reaction episode happens, and it's all about uh, Maxwell Lord, or at least it's partly about Maxwell Lord, 
then we have Thanksgiving episode, and then we have this episode, which is about Maxwell Lord again. I do you not? I I, I see them. The, basically, they made Maxwell Lord into a, a Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, I said this before in the other episode, but he's he. They really did make him into Lex Luthor. Now he's actually trying to be Supergirl's enemy. Yep. Especially how he reveals his whole, you know, oh, these were all tests I was conducting at the end of the episode. Yeah, he was testing her to test her limits to see what she would do in certain situations uh, to the point that he actually uh, sacrificed one of his workers, or at least former worker. Uh, he sa- I mean, the guy blew up to, to show that uh, Supergirl would save a, a train full of people instead of a hospital full of people. Or airport full of people, I'm sorry. Right, and, you know, it played out basically, Maxwell Lord is evil if he did that to his employee, former employee. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, he says he wasn't supposed to die, that there was fail-safes or whatever, but, I mean, the, what was the guy going to do? He's, he's messing around with bombs. Exactly, so the guy wasn't going to know there was a fail-safe there, so of course he was going to blow up regardless. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I really liked this episode. I liked the, the focus on Maxwell Lord. Um, we know in Max, in the comic books, Max is kind of anti-government and he has a, uh, telepathic power. He's kind of, he's a psychic to the point that he even took over the mind of Superman in the comic books. Oh. Yeah. So he's, he's powerful enough that he took over Superman. He made... I think he made Superman believe that he was fighting somebody and he was actually fighting other people and to the point where he almost killed them. And uh, to save Superman from killing and stop him from killing someone, Wonder Woman swoops in and, and snaps Maxwell Lord's neck. Oh, like, shit. Totally, totally breaks his, his, his neck and it's on it's caught on camera, which then goes out virally worldwide. So... Uh, you know, at that point, Wonder Woman is kind of like, well, I I did what needed to be done because she's a warrior and, you know, warriors fight and fight to the death. But people were like, oh, no, we never thought of Wonder Woman as being a, a killer, even though she did it for the right reasons. He was going to he was going to kill Superman. Right. <laughs> so we haven't seen uh, Maxwell Lord use any type of mental powers in this show yet, but. We did. Uh, we 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 do see him, kind of. He's he's more of a genius billionaire philanthropist kind of thing, like Lex Luthor. Like at first, I was thinking, oh, is, are they trying to make Maxwell Lord into a uh, Tony Stark kind of character to compete with Tony Stark? But he's not. He's definitely trying to be a Lex Luthor. Yeah, I thought. You know, I I honestly felt like he was going to be kind of you know smart ass, but he's going to be a good guy or like a hard ass, but. Yeah. Nope. That's out the window. Nope. <laughs> it's definitely out the window. Oh, so I did look into uh, the character that that's Kara's IT guy. His name is Win, and it's Win Shot. Okay. Which is the toy man is Winslow Shot. The toy man is the guy who kills Cat Grant's son Carter in the comic books. Oh shit. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that okay, so he he spells his name W I I or W I N N, Win. The character in the comic books is called Winslow W I N, 
S-L-O-W. So maybe he'll end up being just a relative of Wins that, you know, is the toy man. Cause, and, and that's the way they get away with it. But the fact that like, he ends up being a toy, the toy man would be kind of, that's going to be kind of weird. I mean, like they even talked about the point that he has toys all over his desk. Yeah, they did. In this episode. So, and he he loves playing the he loves playing video games with the kid on the big video wall, TV wall in Cat's office. Boom, another reason. Another reason why it was there. <laughs> Dude, honestly, if you were playing a video game on that on that wall, it would suck because there's so many parts of the screen missing of because of the way they were playing it. You know what I mean? Yep. I agree. I would be pissed. <laughs> It's like, why am I getting killed from that blank space right there? Oh, that's right, because I can't see anything. The bad guy's there. And I love how he's like, oh, I do this all the time. I mean, this is my first time doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to find out what if he ends up being the toy man, if he ends up killing Carter, uh, where they're going to go with that story. That's That's pretty incredible. You know, it could be a whole... He didn't love me, so you know that's why I'm. And he chose Jimmy Olsen over me, so that's why I'm a bad guy. Man, I'm emo. I'm emo. Yeah, that could definitely happen. That could most definitely happen. All right. So another incident that happened. So Kara has to choose between saving the people from a bomb in the hospital or saving the people on the train from a bomb. Uh, she ends up choosing the train because. Uh, Carter Grant is on that train and she was supposed to protect him right? yes so who has to take care of the bomb in the other building in the airport? Hank Henshaw and um, and Alex Henshaw and Alex so Henshaw and Alex open up the bomb or they get to the bomb and there's not enough time so he, Henshaw tells Alex to get out to get everybody out and then he uses his whatever power it is that he has to stop the bomb. But they don't show us how he does it. They just show him reaching his hand in there and his eyes glowing. Yep. I have a theory. Go on. <laughs> I think that Hank Henshaw is actually the Martian Manhunter in disguise as Hank Henshaw. Oh, shit. Right? I mean, I know that Hank Henshaw is supposed to be Cyborg Superman, but he obviously doesn't look anything like Superman, and he has already, you know, established that he's the head of the DEO, which deals with aliens. Why not put an alien in charge of the DEO? Dude, he just blew my mind. <laughs> right? Because he would have he would have red eyes. Yep. He would have super strength. He could he could make himself look like Hank Henshaw, whether or not there was already a Hank Henshaw, you know, beforehand or not, and he he just took over Hank Henshaw's place for whatever reason. I think that this could actually be Martian Manor because he knows he knows a little bit too much about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the like so that episode when he was walking out of the DEO and he's like, wait a second, Kara's still here, or no, Alex is still here working on something. So he. He he walks back to where Alex is. Uh, that could have been that could have been telepathy, realizing that Kara was still in the or Alex was still in the building. Holy shit, man! 
<laughs> I was sitting there watching that part of the episode when he's he's taking care of that bomb, and I'm like, huh. What if it's a big misdirect? What if it ends up being John John's? That is crazy. <laughs> so you heard it here first, folks. I'm saying that he is Martian Manhunter. If it happens to be true, tell him you heard it from Mitch on Televised Heroics. This is where you need to, you know, post your or blog this online so, you know, it goes everywhere. <laughs> you know, I should. I should definitely do that, and then other people, podcasters, can sit there and pick apart my theories <laughs> like I do to theirs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the other part of the episode was um, Jimmy and Lucy having relationship problems. At the end, he kind of chooses Lucy, and Lucy chooses him back, so... Which makes more sense now that if this episode was supposed to happen before the Thanksgiving episode, that they went away to Ojai for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, definitely makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I just gotta say this episode had, uh, I can't be there in two places, cliche. And also, why'd you come back uh, to the airport? Because you're here, cliche. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it did have the... I can't be everywhere at once cliche that Superman usually has to go through. Yep. It's like, or, you know, Flash. I, I'm so fast, but I can't be in the places I need to be. So we'll see. We'll see what else happens. Um, I, I have my big theory. What else uh, do you want to see from this uh, season? I don't know. To be completely honest, um, just throwing it out there, but uh, with everything, all the technology stuff that was going wrong even though we found out that it was just Mac Maxwell's evil plan I thought it was Brainiac ooh you think Hank Hendral Hank, Hank is, is Brainiac or you just think that Brainiac is is like working through Maxwell Lord I, I felt like he was working through Maxwell Lord but then nope it was just Maxwell all along in this episode well you never know he, he could still be having a hand in that I mean yeah uh, he's got and well, they said it wasn't alien technology. They said it was definitely Maxwell Ward tech. Yeah. So. So that debunks. I wouldn't my mind theory. seeing Brainiac show up in this show, though. That'd be kind of cool. I, yeah, and I think they've had a couple of battles before too. So something that could definitely work. I could see that. I, don't know. I can't wait to find out what they end up doing. Once again, episode of Walking Dead does not fail for this season. There's only been probably one episode I thought this whole season so far that was, or yeah, this half of this season so far has been slow, and it was still a good episode. I'm not talking about the Morgan episode. I'm talking about the the episode after that where Maggie tries to get out through the sewers. That that episode was kind of slow for me. That was also very slow. We yeah, we didn't touch much on it. I agree, that was slow. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only episode that I kind of was like, oh, this is the kind of the letdown episode for the whole season. But this episode, wow, wow, wee wee wow. <laughs> so it starts off with the big question that we've been waiting three episodes for. Did Glenn die? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just like most people have predicted, uh, Nicholas fell on top of Glenn and that's who we saw getting their guts ripped out as Glenn was uh, un- was tr- pinned underneath Nick as his guts were being ripped out and he was watching him and to get away from the walkers 
Glenn scurries underneath a dumpster. Which is very, very smart. Very smart. But then again, man, I, you know how much room is underneath a dumpster? It's almost none. I know. That smell. <laughs> he had a, you know, he had to survive it's that true. smell. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess surviving the smell or dying, getting eaten is probably the best thing is to just go with the smell. Yeah. You have to, you have to wonder though, like, why didn't the two of them just think about getting in the dumpster in the first place? It's not like the zombies could have opened up the lid, or you know, even if they could, if they would have got to the bottom of the dumpster, that they, they couldn't, the zombies couldn't climb in. That's true. There could have been. What if there was a walker in the trash can and they got bit in the, you know, in the dark? Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know why there would have been a walker in the trash can, <laughs> but there could have been. Definitely could have been. Uh, so yeah, there you go, uh, folks. You know, what did you think of Glenn surviving by getting underneath the dumpster? Glenn, but Nick pinning him underneath there. Eventually, he just ends up killing as many walkers as he can around the dumpster, so that they kind of make even more of a barricade. So that other walkers can't get to him. Yep, and that was actually pretty smart too. Yeah, and very lucky. Yeah, like I was, all I could think was one of those things is going to grab him and, and bite his hand or bite his leg or something. But he he managed to stay underneath there, and uh, you know, once again, it's kind of like me as a big guy. I would not be able to fit underneath that dumpster, so I would have been dead. And I, I almost it almost feels like. Uh, you know, you had to have lived in the zombie apocalypse to be able to be that thin to get underneath that zomb- uh, underneath that dumpster. My problem would have been, uh, okay, I'm under the dumpster. Now I've got to wait for the zombies, you know, to run away. But I had to take a shit or I had to pee. That would be my issue right there. <laughs> I think you just go. You just let it, let it go <laughs> inside the pants. <laughs> yeah, there was, um... It was it was funny that they eventually just got tired of him. They kind of just walked they walked away. The surviving, I mean, I guess maybe the the walkers that he had killed around the dumpster might have masked his smell so that they didn't know that he was down there, and they kind of just got uninterested. Yeah, that or I think maybe um, that whole little montage was uh, was no audio, so maybe they heard something go off in the distance that got their attention. So, this episode also didn't answer the question that was posed in the last episode. Who was on the radio? Because it, it wasn't Glenn. Nope. At least not... Well, you know, that's not true. It's, it could still be Glenn. The time... The, maybe the times haven't matched up yet. But it's not Glenn asking to be saved underneath the dumpster. That's for sure. It could be... It could be... Um, after the tower falls, it could be Spencer. Just saying, help. It... Yeah, it could be Spencer. It could be it could be anybody from Alexandria, really. Yeah. Uh, so it, we'll have to see about that. Uh, first person Glenn comes across is Enid with her JSS, and I honestly thought that she stuck around Alexandria, but I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. But she did leave. Yeah, she left right after after the wolves attack. She she took off. Uh, apparently she made it to this town wherever Glenn was being held up and, uh, you know, gave him some water. And, and eventually he, he so he kind of has his own little, uh, he catches up to her and she's like, look, I'm, I'm just trying to get away. I don't need to deal with you people and all your drama. But he's like, you gave me water. You wanted me to survive. You know, you helped me out. So you do care. 
And he kind of has this little father-daughter talk with her. Yep. And she, but she brushes it off a whole time. Oh, well. That's what teenagers do. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was kind of, you know, it's kind of fitting, seeing as how we know that Glenn is going to be a father now. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know that. Is he kind of... Well, he doesn't know that, but he's he's kind of stepping into the, the role, you know, even though he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, true. And, I mean, in the comics, um, they once they reach Alexandria, Maggie and uh, and Glenn do adopt Sophia. Oh, really? Yeah. So Sophia was still alive in the comic book? Yeah. Sophia lives, uh, uh, Carol goes batshit crazy, and uh, she makes friends with the walkers, and she lets herself get bit by a walker in the prison. Carol does? Yeah. Wow. So wait. So Sophia in the in the TV show, Sophia died, and the little girl that uh, the two little sisters that Carol was kind of looking after, one of the sisters ends up befriending zombies and having her sister get bitten. Yep. Or no, no, her she kills her sister. Stabs her. Yeah. They've kind of just pushed off all these things onto other characters that happened to Carol. Yeah, and in the comics, the two little girls are actually two little boys, um, and basically they still get adopted by them, but um, same thing happens, uh, one of the boys kills the other boy, and uh, Carl shoots the little boy that that stabs the other boy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, good to know. It's something I didn't know from the comic books. So they, Maggie and Glenn adopted... Sophia, but now maybe they'll adopt Enid? Yeah, that's what it seems like it's going towards. If, you know, your little fatherly advice theory is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Spencer. Spencer tries to be a hero. After his little speech at at the pantry a couple weeks back, and then his going ahead and stealing food anyways he decides to be a hero and he's going to try and use a grappling hook to get across the wall and get to a car that's that's available that he can get the walkers away but it doesn't quite work out right nope it snaps and he falls <laughs> into a pit of zombies a pit of zombies he uh yeah so it, it, it takes Tara and well Tara is shooting off zombies where Rick is trying to pull Spencer up onto the fence, and he gets Morgan, and what's the other guy? The guy that's helping helping Rick reinforce the wall. What's his name? Do you know? I don't know. Random Alexandrian. I think we've seen him a couple times before, but I don't remember what his name is. He, uh, they, The three of them pull Spencer up, and they he kind of berates him. He's like, what the hell were you thinking? You know... And he even tells Tara, uh, Tara, why, you know, you almost died for one of these guys already. Why are you trying to get yourself killed again? Yeah, but he's all, you know, our lives are more important than their lives. <laughs> yeah, and he says that in front of other Alexandrians, so that's what kind of hurts his credibility. Yep. So it's more the divide uh, between. Rick and the rest of the, the Alexandrians, and even some of his own group. Morgan has the guy trapped in the jail cell house, and he goes and recruits the doctor to come help him try and uh, take care of the guy's infected wound. Carol follows. 
And then uh, Carol snitches, basically rats him out. To uh, to Rick, right? Yep, and they have the little council meeting, I want to say, in the library or something. But something dis- distracts Carol from going into the to the house first, right? Right. Is that when all, is that when all the stuff with Spencer was happening? Yeah, that's when the whole commotion with Spencer was going on. Uh, so yeah, then the, the, he's having his little council, and uh, Michonne is like, "You can't, you know, it's not as cut and dry as everybody deserves to live." Right. Yeah. So it's Michonne that actually is like, "Look, Morgan, you got to think about this a different way. You can't just be black and white. You know, it, it's it's, you know, the guy is not good." But Morgan is sticking with it, and he's he's trying to say, "Look, I wasn't a good guy. I wasn't, you know, when 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 uh, Rick found me the last time, I wasn't I wasn't good. I'd killed people, you know. I, he should have put me down, but he didn't. And uh, I don't know. And you know, he was still sta- um, saying every every life is precious. That's what he I think ended up telling her anyway. Well, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see who who ends, whose philosophy ends up winning out. I mean, we know as the audience, we want to go with with Rick and Carol and be like, this guy deserves to die. But you know, who who's to say that Morgan's not right? What if this guy could be redeemed? Who could be uh, set on the right path, and he doesn't have to be uh, a killer wolf? Not gonna happen. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Maggie says early in the episode, uh, "If Glenn is alive, he'll he'll show a sign. He'll get a sign to me somehow." Oh, and you, that's her hope at this. Yes, at this point. And you that's mean, her hope. And, and you mean the sign was a horrible CGI balloon? That would <laughs> that would definitely be what I was talking about. So, <laughs> so he gets Enid to help fill up some balloons, and eventually, when they get to the walls, they see the uh, the walls of Alexandria are surrounded by walkers. He doesn't know what to do, so the best thing he does is is let the balloons loose. And Maggie's like, "Look, that has to be Glenn. It couldn't just be some random fucking balloons that <laughs> you know a walker attached himself to by accident and is now being floating up into the air. It has to be Glenn." Which technically, I guess we don't know if it is Glenn or not. I mean, yeah, the balloons were with Enid, but what if someone else? What if the saviors grabbed the two of them and the balloons just happened to float off? That's actually a really good theory. Could that could that have happened? I mean, because we don't see Glenn actually release the balloons. We just see the balloons go up in the air. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> so while all these walkers are distracted, or yeah, distracted along the fence, someone could have grabbed Glenn and Enid, and those balloons go up in the air. And Maggie's like, "Oh, look, Glenn's right outside the wall." But we don't get to resolve any of that right away because. Because the tower falls. That's right. The church tower falls. The one that a truck had barreled into uh, not more than a couple days ago, I'm assuming. Because uh, this all takes place within a few days of each other. This whole se- this whole half of the season is, is I, I'm guessing, the span of three days. Yep. And... So while, so while the, the Rick is going around reinforcing the wall in certain areas... He can't get outside to move the truck or to take care of this tower because there's zombies everywhere. Well, the tower finally is weakened to the point where it's coming down, and it can't, comes down right on the wall of Alexandria, which means walkers are coming in. And there's no stopping them. There's definitely no stopping. They have a, they have a lot of ammo, 
But, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to be overrun in no time whatsoever. What would you do in this instance? Where would you head to first? Um, uh, I don't know. Go to the neighbor's house that cuts the hair and just hide in that closet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think... Okay, well, I mean, you and the kid could be in that closet then. Because I don't think there's any more people who would be fit in there. Oh, no, there's, uh... no, forget the kid. I'm going in there myself. Oh, just you by yourself. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, he's pretty close to the closet already. He's sitting there, like, in, he won't go downstairs. He's, he's right next to his room. He sits on top of the stairs talking to Carol. Yeah. You know, what was it? Oh, how? Uh, what, what did he ask her about uh, monsters? Like, how do we know who the monsters are? Yep, and then Carol just goes, well, if you stay alive, then you know you won't become a monster. Which, you know, I, I'm guessing have, help, has her thinking about the whole thing that's going on with Morgan. Because wants, she wants to kill that guy who she says is a monster. Yep. But how is she not turning into a monster when the guy is helpless, you know? Yep. So, we'll see. Yeah, so that's the what the fall finale is going to be about. The wall has come down and the, the, the people are going to have to survive. The people of Alexandria, you know, they they told them we needed to get out of here. Rick, you know, we needed to do something because we're not going to be able to survive here with walkers all outside the outside the walls, but I mean, then again, there wasn't enough time to do anything. No, there really wasn't. That came down in like a matter of seconds. That was crazy. That was incredible. My heart just dropped. It dropped and also went into my throat at the same time. I don't know how <laughs> that happens. But I was just like, oh man... What are they going to do? Rick was like Rick was probably the closest to the tower too. Yeah. He's kind of trapped inside the the dust when it when it's all when it all gets kicked up. So and he and you noticed that he, he was checking his hand again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it probably only happened yesterday or you know, yeah, yesterday that he cut his hand on that knife, but he seems to be focusing on it a lot. He's going we'll to li- see what happens he's with that. He's going to lose it. <laughs> he's not going to lose it. They're not going to do that. He's going to end up having the big Merle fucking uh, <laughs> thingamajig on the end of his hand. <laughs> see, right now, the, since I'm still kind of hoping that he loses it, I'm in that mindset from Hot Tub Time Machine. We're like, oh, this has to be it. This has to be the part where he loses it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. This is gonna happen. It's gonna... Oh, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, what What do you expect to see in the next episode? A lot of people dying, and I want to say at least one or two main characters dying. One or two? I can see one, but you want two main characters to die? Yep, I'm thirsty for that blood, man. Damn, son. <laughs> Ooh, we didn't even talk about what what's gonna happen with the. Uh... What's what's the kid's name? The kid that now has bullets and he's following fucking uh, Carl around with a, a loaded weapon. First of all, they need a better uh, security guard for the food and for the ammo. Just saying. <laughs> yes, that would probably be a good idea. Um, Paul, what's his, is his name Ronnie? Uh, Reggie, I think. No, Reggie was the guy who was the mayor's husband. Oh, then yeah, it's Ronnie. Okay. 
So, yeah, Ronnie, you know, after talking with Rick and Carl about shooting and stuff and learning how to use a gun, he now has got a gun with bullets in it and he's following Carl around. Right, Probably the only thing that saves Carl from being shot in the back of the head is the tower coming down. Yeah. But, uh, so, spoiler alerts for those that haven't read the comics. So, the comics, uh, the tower does fall. Um, there is no Deanna. Um, it's this old man that runs Alexandria. Um, I forgot his name, um, but Rick is teaching him how to use a rifle. Um, basically, he ends up being confused with all the, uh, everything that's going on with Alexandria with the walkers breaking in. And he just starts spraying bullets everywhere. And he ends up shooting Carl in the eye. Oh, so maybe Ronnie's going to go a little crazy with that gun and take out Carl's eye? Are we going to get an eyelid, uh, uh, one-eyed Carl here? I think that's what's going to happen. And Carl... Does, wait, so does Carl die in the comic book? No, he just goes... From in, that eye? No, he just goes in a coma for a very, very, very long time. Well, there you go. Some comic book spoilers, which is not uncommon for us here on Televisor Rook, so... You know, if you're, uh, you know, a little upset, send your complaints to Daniel Barroso, care of Televised Heroics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what we're here to talk. We're talk about. We're here to talk about how things in the in these TV shows relate back to the what happened in the comic books. And if you can't handle that, then keep listening, anyways, because we really like to have you guys listen. <laughs> With the listeners we get, you know, it keeps us motivated to keep on doing this every week. Exactly. Anything else you want to talk about this episode? Anything big that we've forgotten about? I don't think so. All right, man. Well, sounds good. I think uh, I'm ready for the fall finale. Uh, after that, we'll it, the show will come back in February 14th, I believe. Yep. And we'll have to see what happens. Also, uh, whether or not there's going to be some deaths, we'll we'll talk about it next week. But yeah. we'll have to see if there's some deaths. You'll definitely hear about it from us. So, uh, if you want to find me on t- on Twitter, you go to at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Best place to find me. I'm always there. I'll talk to whoever wants to talk to. Uh, Daniel, you can find me under Daniel Barroso, or you can also uh, find me under Daniel Von Helvet at twitter.com. All right. We have uh, Geek Elite Radio, at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook. Find us on the Stitcher app uh, if you want to listen to if you listen to podcasts on there. Download us on t- iTunes and give us a, you know, a review and a five-star rating because we're cool that way. You just want to give you want to support us in any way you can. And uh, you know, come check out our website. We try to post as many things as we can there, articles that we've gotten from other places reviews that we've done ourselves and you know definitely you know be a part of our forum you can talk to us or talk to other people think the same but until then this is televised heroics on the geek elite radio network saying geek out we now return you to your regularly scheduled program